It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on this Friday, June 16th, 2023. A lot to discuss in the life of Duke Athletics, and we're going to have a basketball-heavy show once again here today as our good buddy Isaac Trotter from 24-7 Sports will join us on the program to talk all things John Shire and company ahead of the upcoming season. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast feed for free wherever you get your podcast. You can watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube platform. And again, a reminder for you, in the summer months, June and July, across the Locked On College Network, we're doing just three shows a week. Come August, we'll be back to all five days, bringing you the best content ahead of what should be a good and exciting football season for Mike Elko and company there in Durham. And then, of course, before we know it, we'll be watching basketball inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. So if you haven't done it already, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And let's go ahead and bring on my good pal, Isaac Trotter from 247 Sports. Isaac, certainly do appreciate the time. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Yeah, doing well. It's fun to talk basketball in the middle of June. I feel like the sport is, there's just so much to talk about. It's so much to unpack and and that's super fun to, to still have a lot of relevant news to talk about in, in the middle of June. Yeah, no, you were great the first time we had you on the program, so I'm like, i got to get them back. People loved listening to you and your perspective, so anytime I get the viewer feedback on a particular guest, i got to make the effort to bring them back on. So with that said, you joined us prior to Jeremy Roach's final decision to return for what will be his senior season there in Durham, meaning that Duke had one scholarship left to play with. We talked a little bit about the Ernest Duda Jr. sweepstakes and whether or not Duke would be a player there. Ultimately, that does not go in the Blue Devils' favor. So Roach is back, Isaac, and that means there's one scholarship left for Duke Hoops. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, um, iffy balancing act right now, I think, for Duke. I think I think John Shire would probably like to take a guy if there was somebody out there. But I think Duke's in a really advantageous spot. I think it's okay to have an open scholarship. And we've seen certain things materialize um, throughout the summer and, you know, even during the middle of the season. You know, I I think of Dane Danger, a guy that was at Baylor. He was a really high profile recruit, um, but he had some weight issues. He gained some weight. He entered the portal. Illinois picked him up as like a quiet little ad. And Dane Danger was a big time starter for them last year because he got to sit basically a whole uh, um, half season, half semester, a whole semester, all summer, got a whole like, you know, lead up to the season and then became a really big piece for them. And I think having that roster flexibility that Duke now has can leave them open to that um, potential of if a guy pops in the middle of the season. Here's the other factor. Uh, There's going to be a lot of these European trips coming up here in August. We would be stupid not to assume that if somebody doesn't play enough, they're going to enter the portal and potentially become a free agent again. So I I think there might be a a one final wave. And so having that roster flexibility, having that extra scholarship can be really valuable. Did you want Uday? Yes. But I think you have a chance where potentially you could potentially have that or just have that flexibility to be, be able to bank it and take advantage of somebody in the middle of the season. So there's a lot of good options for Duke, I think, even though they have one one open spot left. 
what does the Roach return mean for the Blue Devils? Man, I, I I think it's I think I look at it from two different directions. I think it makes me put a little bit of a pause on the Tyrese Proctor. He's going to be an All American um, kind of conversation, not because Proctor won't be good in year two, but I just think that the numbers might not be those sexy counting numbers like the eighteen and five and five, right? Like I think Roach's return maybe takes Proctor's numbers down just a bit, but I think the efficiency can be really good. And I just you know when you have a big time shot maker like that, when you have multiple capable lead ball handlers that's what you need to win a title and that's what duke is heading into this season going hey we want to win a national championship how to get there you need tyrese proctor to be awesome and roach can help him do that and you need jeremy roach to be awesome too so i look at the rim pressure that this that this duke team can have and roach's ability to break guys down off the dribble and get to the rim that's a that's an added element and then just not having to put all of this you know, this weight of the program kind of on, on Tyrese Proctor, I think will be a good thing because Proctor's going to be awesome and Roach is going to be awesome. And we saw that they could play together really well last year, especially down the stretch. I think that continuity, that togetherness that they had, that synergy that they were playing with toward the end of the season will really pay off. And, you know, it, it might limit Tyrese's counting numbers a little bit, but I think it'll help him be a better basketball player. It'll help Duke be a much better team. In a strange way, we're talking about a four-year guard now for Duke. And, and with the you know historical perspective, Duke has seen this all the time. It's one of the elite programs in the sport. They've had many, many, many amazing four-year guards. But over the last decade, we don't talk about them as much because it's been so many one-and-done players, right? Grayson Allen being a recent four-year guard for the Blue Devils who had so many winning moments. You think about Jeremy Roach's career so far – I certainly think about the NCAA tournament run that he had on the way to the Final Four on a team with five NBA draft picks. It was Jeremy Roach oftentimes getting the clutch buckets for Duke. Up and down junior season a year ago, but just kind of looking at his career thus far, wearing that Duke jersey, knowing the pressure that brings, what have you made of his play and, and kind of what expectations individually could Roach have going into his senior season? Yeah, I think Roach can make himself one of those Duke legends, right? If he can kind of live up to this hype, if he yeah. gets, you know, Duke back to the Final Four, back to that national championship stage. And, you know, I think we get very enamored with the one and done or the five-star guys, but retention is so important. It was such a big piece of what John Shire wanted to do this season. And getting him back really embodies that. I think it really sets the standard for this next group. Um, the Jared McCain's, the Caleb Fosters, you know, Sean Stewart, TJ Power, like, hey, like, it's okay to come back to school for a second year Tyrese Proctor showed that Kyle Filipowski showed that Jeremy Roach is now showing that and you know the comp that I have for Roach they're different players but look at what Isaiah Wong did for Miami he stayed he continually got better helped him to get to elite eight as a junior helps him get to the final four as a senior his just his presence made everybody's life so much easier he was a great recruiter for them in the portal that's kind of what I think Roach can be for Duke. Like he's really had some up and down stretches, the inconsistencies, but the flashes have been really good. And I think with a fully healthy off season, as he just can kind of get into his own, I expect him to have a huge year. I don't, you know, I don't think he's, you know, a preseason ACC player of the year guy. Maybe he's a first team all ACC guy in the preseason, but he's just a winner. And I think that's okay. I think he's beyond like those, like, you know, superficial, like off season lists. I think he's beyond that. I think he now just cares about winning. And I think that's that's something that you can't – that doesn't just come naturally. And I think it has to come with time. And I think Roach is, is going to start getting into that, um, you know, that stage of his career he heading into this year. And, you know, like Wong, has yeah. a chance to lead a team on a really deep run again in March. 
I care about winning. So if that's kind of his MO, then then I'm all for that and certainly do agree with what he could do uh, coming into his senior season. So talking about John Shire going into his second season, a lot of big expectations now for the program. Let's talk a little bit about that after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. I'm talking about bird dogs a lot these days, guys, but that's because I love them so much. Bird dogs, the best product that you need to be wearing each and every day because they make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better because the regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. That's not the case with bird dogs. They fix this issue by reinventing cloud knit fabric that looks like just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric also that keeps you cool and dry all day long. That's exactly what we're looking for as we go into the summer. Go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You don't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. Bird Dogs, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the program today, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Isaac Schroeder from 24-7 Sports. We're talking about John Shire getting set for his second season as the head basketball coach for Duke. He's got big expectations. Obviously, he played for the legendary Mike Krzyzewski, coached alongside him. We know what the Duke program is certainly capable of, and he has been able to retain pretty much his entire roster from a year ago. Duke, the only program not to have a player go into the transfer portal. What are we looking at with with John Shire's team specifically going into his second season, and how can he continue to build on uh, this new program that he's trying to build. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'm looking for is can they actually have some semblance of continuity after the injuries? <laughs> I think, I think just having guys stay healthy and be able to get the minutes nice. that they need to play. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of, of a normal season? Because I think that this floor for this Duke team, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about young teams, it's like these high risk, um, or maybe high ceiling, but also low floor teams. I don't get that impression with Duke. I think they actually have a pretty high floor. Just when you have like a, a veteran like Roach, you have a, a breakout candidate like Proctor, you have Kyle Philpaus, who could be a player of the year candidate in the ACC and nationally. Ryan Young, solid, the veteran. You know, I, I still have a lot of Jaden Shute stock. I think he could be a really helpful piece. Maybe he's your Jacob Grandison replacement this year. So I just, but if they can like start to, you know, take some strides of like, hey, we're all playing together. Hey, our best three or four players are all playing together. That's really interesting. The one thing that I keep going back to is how much will Kyle Filipowski play at the five? You know, when they tried for Uday, that didn't work. Um, I, I think there's been some noise that Filipowski would like to stay at the four. He doesn't necessarily want to guard fives. But I think Duke's best lineup might be with him at the five. If you have him at the five, Mark Mitchell at the four, 
you know, you're playing Roach, you're playing uh, Proctor together. And then that fifth spot's kind of up in the air. Are you adding a shooter? Is that shoot? Is that Jared McCain? Are you trying to get, you know, Jayla Blake's on the floor? There's a lot of different angles you can go with this roster. Um, and, and so, like, that's that's kind of the fascinating push-pull for me on how how does John Shire play his best five but his best player might not want to play the five. You know what I mean? It's a little like Anthony Davis, right? He wants to be a four, but the Lakers' best lineup was when he was at the five. And so I think that Duke's going to have a similar a similar interesting issue to kind of go through that throughout the season. Because so many other guys want to get on the floor, right? And you have so many talented pieces to kind of shuffle through what Mark Mitchell can do in his sophomore season. Sean Stewart, another big on the interior. So, yeah, I mean, here we are months away from the start of the season, but – that Filipowski at the five really is going to be a big topic of conversation. And John Shire, again, early in his coaching career, you're defined by X's and O's. You're defined by how well you move players and get them in the right spots. I think he certainly did that with the Proctor dynamic, putting him on the ball this past season. I'm curious what kind of those basketball X's and O's that, that Shire's got cooking up going into the new year. Well, and I think John Shire's a young guy. He understands, like, you know, the new modern era of basketball is to get as many shooters on the floor. Duke didn't have that last year. They had multiple lineups with multiple non-shooters on the floor, uh, partially because Derek Whitehead wasn't fully healthy and he was probably <laughs> going to be one of their best shooters, right? But I think that can change. If you're playing Filipowski at the five, that's a shooter who can take fives off the bounce. You know, I think about the problems that Armando Baycott could potentially have trying to stop Kyle Filipowski out on the perimeter. I think it would really, you know, help Duke's attack to have that where you could open up some backdoor cuts. You're kind of pulling Baycott away from the rim because you have to respect Filipowski's threes. You know, Mark Mitchell, I think he can be become a knockdown three-point shooter at a low volume. But you have some lineups here where with Filipowski at the five, we have that new age, new era basketball with five shooter lineups. And so like those are the those are the, the tweaks that I'm looking at because you can still play Filipowski at the floor. I mean, Ryan Young, you know, I don't want to discount him. He's a very productive player per minute, right? Like he only played 20 minutes, but when he's on the floor, he's very productive. And so like you can use him at that, but you don't have to necessarily lean on him to play 25 minutes and you're not asking, you know, Christian Reeves to potentially fill in the other 15 minutes at the five. So I think some combination of Filipowski at the four with some lineups of him at the five is really interesting. And that closing unit, per times like when they're when they're trailing I think they could go to an offense heavy unit with Filipowski at the five and, and really you know get some buckets in some short timeline I do worry about the defensive rebounding but you kind of hope that Mark Mitchell can be one of your top defensive rebounders along with Filipowski at the at the four and the five well, let's dive into that age perspective for just a moment because it is so unique when you're talking about the head coach uh, for Duke Shire 34 years old when he's named the head coach now 35, he'll turn 36 in August. Mike Krzyzewski, 33 years old when he took over the program. But as we look across college basketball, we don't see many mid-30s guys in John Shire's class and category that are leading a Power 5 program, a Big 6 program in the sport. What does that mean, his age in particular, being so young, leading such a big program like Duke? What have you enjoyed about that? And, and could this be something if Shire has success do we see that elsewhere do we see more programs across the sport look for the younger guys yeah I, I don't know I think it's I think it's different I think it's different for every situation I think it really works for Duke I, because John Shire's different right he's not just a a casual I think he's a 99th percentile human 
and a 99th percentile coach and all of those different things. Like, and so I, I don't know if it necessarily sets a trend because I, I remember when Providence hired Kim English this cycle, he's one of the younger coaches too. A lot of people are like, whoa, 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 he's not ready for that. Like he can't <laughs> handle all those different things. And you heard some of the similar noise with John Shire, but I think he quieted those last year. I thought Duke was one of the best coach teams in the country last year pretty significantly and they outplayed their expectations when you factor in all the injuries pretty well and reach their ceiling when I don't know if a lot of coaches would have done that so will John Shire set the stage for young coaches coming up maybe I think it does open a little bit of a different window but he's different he's just a different breed and I think I, I think that he's gonna flex his muscles as a top 15 to 20 coach in college basketball next year and I think when you start seeing those lists, it's going to John Shire's name is going to start creeping up those when they realize like when he what he's able to do and how he's able to really, you know, change this roster. And he's been ahead of the game, too, with the general manager stuff. I think when you're a younger coach, you kind of think about the game differently and those new ideas, um, maybe not always just setting your stage of, hey, we've done this for 20 years this is how we do it. And this is how we were successful. Just thinking about the game differently can give Duke a little bit of a legs up and he's got good people around him that have been in basketball for a long, long time. He's got a lot of resources at his disposal too. So it's not just a, a one man band, you know, Isaac, I wasn't trying to set you up, but I was trying to set you up, right? Because what we're looking for this time of year are sort of those lists and just in, in pure curiosity, where exactly Shire ranks amongst his peers in the sport is something that we do every single off season and last year, Shire's name wasn't there. He hadn't coached a game yet. What's been unique, though, is that you can't think of coaches that have walked into a program or a situation like Duke. Uh, we talk about Kim English at Providence. He's not going to walk away with the number one recruiting class in the country his first two cycles, right? But Shire's been able to do that. Uh, pretty dominant stuff there. When do we quickly see Shire kind of move up those rankings Obviously, the on-the-court results matter. Winning an ACC tournament championship in his first season matters for Shire's perspective. But is it this year? Is Can we say top 20? Is he safely a top 20 coach in the sport, or do we still need to wait a little bit? I, I personally think he is. I, I think that he is. Uh, but I do think that, like, nationally-wise, you you need a run. Because I think a lot of I think a lot of people casually will look at Duke and be like, well, what'd they do? Like, oh, they lost in the second round. Like sure. that was kind of a failure for them, right? And I don't know. I I watched a lot of Duke games. I I you when you look at the season, I think it's very, it's very different. And so I think like from a big picture standpoint, you could look at Duke last year and be like, oh, that wasn't a, a super successful season. When in reality, they really did outplay expectations a lot. And, and so then that's where it kind of comes into everybody judges March on a different platter. It doesn't matter what you do throughout the season. It doesn't matter what injuries you had. It doesn't matter if you outplayed your preseason expectation. It doesn't matter if you had four starters miss significant time last year and had a reclassification freshman point guard who was 17 and could have been in high school. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if you make a deep run in March. And so I think if Duke makes a run, you know, potentially to the final four, maybe wins a national title. I think you'll see John Shire way, way, way higher nationally, even though he arguably was a really, really good coach in year one too. Do you view him as one of the top recruiters in the sport still? I do. I do. You know, I think, again, it's a staff effort, but like, I think when he locks in on a guy, he does a really good job of selling him on it. And I think that the younger connection, knowing, remembering what John Shire was as a player, knowing his career, his ability to connect with guys, both on the East Coast, he's a Chicago guy. I, I'm from the Midwest. I'm always, I will go back to Midwest. People are just nice, right? Like the Midwest <laughs> nice. John Shire has that connection a little bit too. And I just think that his, his cachet 
throughout the sport carries. You know, when you're the head coach at Duke and you have all those resources, that's obviously like going to carry itself. But with the person that he is, the person that he's always been, and just the player that he was too, I think that does really, really help. And, you know, the results speak for itself. Sure, you're recruiting to Duke. But I think if you're, I think if you put John Shire at a, like a mediocre power five job, I still think he finds a way to get really good players to come play for him because they really like him. And that's, that really matters on the recruiting trail and in the portal. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Blue Devils here today on this Friday. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Isaac Trotter from 247 Sports. Let's get into your stuff here as of late, Isaac. You're always looking for content this time of year. Tell me a little bit about what you've been working on, some of the recent stories that people can find from you. Uh, yeah, so usually I do like a 10 takes this week, and so I did that. Um, we published that yesterday. And one of the things that I went through in there was like maybe my top concerns for the okay. top five teams uh, in the rotation. And so I touched a little bit about Duke in that scenario. Um, just kind of more talking about like what we talked about before, Kyle Filipowski at the five. How will they navigate that a little bit? So I, I was working on that. Another thing to keep an eye out um, in the future is I've kind of gone through and talked to a bunch of mid-major coaches about guys that are transferring up. So that's certainly going to be one to, to keep an eye out for. And, you know, it's just a, it's a fun time in college basketball right now because the rosters are just starting to set a little bit. It's been such a, you know, two months of hypothesizing of who's going to be on the team, who's not going to be on the team. And a lot of Duke fans didn't have to worry about their guys entering the portal, right? Like, uh, like other programs, but now we're starting to see some rosters get set and now we can talk basketball. Like that's, that's what I really like to do now a little bit. It's like, we can actually talk some, some X's and O's and some rotation stuff and some minutes breakdowns that are probably a little bit, you know, a little too nerdy, but I'm here for it. Yeah, well, let's talk basketball here. We're talking about, you know, Shire and, and adding to the trophy case certainly helps your case as a coach. Winning the ACC tournament a season ago, Duke, one of the top programs in the conference throughout the course of the season. We take a look at the ACC. We're so focused on Duke throughout the offseason. Obviously, Isaac, we're pretty in tune with what's happening eight miles down the road in Chapel Hill at all hours of the day. But looking at the league as a whole, like what have been some of the biggest storylines this offseason that aren't focused on Duke? Okay, I'll give you rapid fire. Syracuse yeah. getting Judah Syracuse getting Judah Mintz back is huge. Um, I thought a lot of people thought he was going to stay in the draft. He chooses to come back. So Judah Mintz, J.J. Starling, that's a really young team. They really like Benny Williams. So Syracuse, new coach. They're probably going to play the new defense, not the old school 2-3 Jim Beheim zone defense. So new coach, new scheme, really talented players, but they're really young. So that, that's one PowerPoint to remember. NC State has been awesome in the portal for the last two cycles. Last year, they were really good. That helped them make the NCAA tournament. This year, again, they've added some really talented guys. Getting D.J. Horn back is interesting. Um, Miami, Matthew Cleveland, getting him from Florida State, really popular name in, in ACC country. Him kind of jumping ship from Florida State to Miami is very interesting, but the returners is most important. They got Nigel Pack back. They got Norchad O'Beer back. They got Wuga Pobler back. They got Bensley Joseph back. I like that squad. I like that squad a lot. They have some work to do. They still have, you know, I think they only have like 10 guys on scholarship right now, so they need to add a few more pieces, but that's big. Um, and then the, the other one that I think is interesting is, is Clemson. 
you know, Joe Girard goes from Syracuse that comes another ACC to ACC transfer. That's kind of weird. Um, but getting PJ Hall back and getting Jack Clark, another ACC to ACC transfer. It's like a lot of familiar names there. They have some really interesting shooters there. They're going to lose Hunter Tyson, who was a phenomenal player for them last year, all ACC. But I, I think this roster might be better. They're old. And they, they got some really, really good shooters around, you know, arguably one of the best big men in the in the sport. P.J. Hall is phenomenal. I would put him right in that same tier with Filipowski and Armando Baycott as the best big man in the ACC. Maybe you throw uh, Norchad O'Meara in that mix as well, too, for some of the stuff he does on the defensive end. So those are my rapid fire ones off the top. We can get into some other ones, too, if you want. Because yeah. Virginia, Virginia's had a very weird offseason. So that, is Wake Forest. That's where I wanted to put you. So I, I was going to, okay, the state of North Carolina, let's go up one. Let's go to Virginia, and whether it be the Cavaliers or the Hokies, Duke has had a lot of run-ins with those two teams in particular um, in recent memory. So a thought on either of those teams or maybe both this offseason. Yeah, I thought it was weird that uh, Virginia lost all their big men. That was really odd to me. <laughs> um, you know, you have Francisco Cafaro, who I wasn't a huge fan of. He transfers. I don't think that's a big loss. But losing Caden Chedrick to Texas and the comments on the way out about not loving the scheme, not loving what he was asked to do was interesting. They also lost a redshirt freshman that they were really high on. He transferred. Isaac Trout transferred to Creighton. That's going to be an interesting loss. But they get Reese Beekman back. Um, Isaac McNeely is a really interesting year two breakout guy. Ryan Dunn, same type of thing. Uh, but there's a lot of moving pieces with the Virginia team. And I think Tony Bennett's talked a lot about retention and like kind of building his core. And that's not really going to be the same. Like they have a lot of new faces stepping into big roles. Jordan Minor, Jacob Groves, Dante Harris, Andrew Rohde. That's a big, you know, four man recruiting class uh, out of the portal. And then they add four freshmen. So that'll be different. Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm a huge Sean Padula fan. I think he's phenomenal. I think he is a, a really, really good point guard in the league. Getting Hunter to Couture back is, is really impressive as well. But they've been kind of quiet this offseason. You know, I, I, the Robbie Barron get out of Northwestern has been not really talked a lot about. I think he'll help them. I think he really will. He's a really good knockdown shooter. He can play some defense. And then Tyler Nickel from North Carolina, that's a big time ad. I think he's going to be a really good piece for them. And we've seen transfers really come alive for Virginia Tech. So I don't think Virginia or Virginia Tech are in that, you know, it's weird to say it, but I don't think they're in that first tier of ACC teams. I, I don't expect Virginia to be, you know, an ACC contender next year. I, I like other rosters a little bit more, but both those coaches are really good. They usually tend to get a lot out of their program. So we'll see. Let's close going here. Let's go eight miles down the road. Talking about the Tar Heels this offseason, are they back in that top tier of schools going into this upcoming season. What's been happening in Chapel Hill is here we are in the middle of June. Yeah, I think losing Caleb Love is addition by subtraction, you know, as, as bluntly as I can say it. I think it helps them. I think Caleb Love needed something different. Armando Baycott talked about how it's a divorce, but we still love him. We have kids together. And I was like, <laughs> that's a that's a fun, that's a fun one. That I like that. I like that uh that comp. So him going to Arizona will be good for him. I think it's good for North Carolina too, because you get RJ Davis and Baycott can kind of be the two guys. And then all the other pieces come into play. Paxton Wojcik can really shoot it. Cormac Ryan, ACC's at ADC. Are you sensing a theme? There's a lot of these throughout so the many. conference. So many. It's weird. There's going to be a lot of revenge games. So I expect him to be a really good piece for them as a knockdown shooter. Um, and then the reclassification. Duke saw it last year with Tyrese Proctor. That process can be different, right? Like Proctor comes in, you know, it's a lot of expectations, but, you know, it took him a little bit of time. And so North Carolina is doing the same thing with Elliot Cadeau. 
Uh, he's older than Proctor, so I would expect that transition period to be a little bit less, but they really like him. I like Seth Trimble, too. So they've And Harrison Ingram, I, I, I would be remiss not to bring him up, too. That's probably their best transfer. So they've added a lot of pieces that make sense. I still have questions, though, if that coaching staff can get the most out of that group. So that's... That's still something that is a question that needs to be answered for me. But I, I do like the roster more on paper than I did last year. I'm just saying something because they were the number one team in the preseason polls. So all that said, talking ACC hoops here in the summer, we, last time you were on, we're making the case for Duke to be the number one team preseason in the country. Circling back to the ACC, and now we bring Duke back into the picture. As we sit here in June, is Duke still at the top? Are other teams still um, chasing the Blue Devils? Yep. Uh, for me, I have Duke in its own tier. They're they're number one, in their own tier. I just like the I like the pieces they have back. I like the depth that they have more than a little bit of the other teams. And then I would put Miami and North Carolina as like those next two teams in a in a just a below tier. I think they're they can definitely give them a run. Um, it's not going to be easy, but I think that both of those rosters are deep. They're talented. They have multiple returners back. And that's the things that I value. I value retention. I value getting your stars back. I value having you know, the same job description from year one to year two or similar job roles. So the roles are easy to assign. Those are the three schools that I think are set up to be really, really good. And I have a pretty strong faith that they're going to be good. And then I throw Clemson in that mix as, you know, another team, NC State um, in that mix as as another team's Virginia that can potentially get into that, into that second tier. But I just think when you look through, through these ACC rosters, you know, not many teams have an ACC player of the year like Filipowski, you know, a potential top guard in the 2024 draft in Tyrese Proctor, a senior guard in, you know, uh, in Jeremy Roach and really talented freshmen that seem to fit the vibe of like what Duke basketball is and kind of can come in and be their job. And then Mike or Mark Mitchell is phenomenal, right? Like best defender could be the defensive player of the year in the ACC. So when you look through the whole roster, it feels like Duke's Duke's has a, a leg up on everybody else. And, you know, the retention and not losing anybody to the portal, yeah. I think, is going to really, really matter because that's that's how you get teams to, like, come together and really, like, avoid those early season hiccups. I expect Duke to come out rolling because that's just what they did last year. Like, at the end of the last year, like, there's a lot to like about this roster and where it's headed. Love it. And it's super excited for the season to come. Still many days to go until we actually get basketball set to be played. But uh, always do appreciate your thoughts and insight. Isaac, we'll have to do this again here sometime soon. For folks watching us on YouTube or listening to us in the podcast platform, remind us once more, Isaac, where we can find your work uh, and tell us a little bit about the great team that you're working with. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Isaac, double underscore Trotter, then 247sports.com. Uh, I like to put some of my stuff on Duke's 24-7 sports page. Adam Rowe does a great job over there, so like and subscribe that page. Um, and then, yeah, great college basketball team. Eric Bossy does a great job covering recruiting. It's a big time for recruiting. John Shire's out on the recruiting trail. Travis Branham really locked in with what Duke's doing on the recruiting trail as well. So they're great teammates. They, uh, they do a great job covering the recruiting aspect and everything that comes with it, including the portal. We appreciate it, Isaac. We'll do this again soon, okay? Anytime, my friend. All right. That's Isaac Trotter, and he's joining us here on the show today. Really appreciate him taking time out of his day to chat with us here on the program. And that's going to do it for our show today. That's going to do it for this week of the Locked On Blue Devils. We'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.
NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.